2: this is with the first pick the cbs sports nfl draft podcast this is episode 53 i'm ryan wilson that's rick spielman we're in the middle of the offseason here today we're taking a look at which rookies we think will have the biggest individual impacts in year one and we'll take a look at some rookie of the year odds as well and if you missed it we spent the last two weeks going division by division with the draft braids. We had help from our guys, Lige Doosable, and of course, Petey Prisco. So check those out in the feed. As always, you can watch us live on YouTube at NFL on CBS. Give us a thumbs up while you're there. And if you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. Today, Rick's Paramount Plus Challenge Challenge. It's trivia time, Rick. My
1: horrible trivia. I tried to do it at the Super Bowl. <laughs> The you fans booed me there, too, because I was so bad at trivia.
2: You are never getting this Fairmount Plus. And in case you missed it, uh, Rick is the only employee of the company who doesn't get Paramount <laughs> Plus for free. It's one of the many perks for working at CBS. and Debo is going to make Rick earn his P-plus subscription. Last week, Rick flopped uh, on both challenges. There was no way he was going to make it an entire podcast without laughing at his own joke, nor was he going to go to an entire podcast without mispronouncing a player's name. So let's see what Debo has in store this week. Debo, what's the trivia question for our guy Rick here?
3: Now, now, you tell me, Ryan, what you think is fair. But we're going to ask him about one of his own drafts and go back 10 years ago to <laughs> a year already. In <laughs> he had three first-round picks. Okay. My initial pitch to you was let's have him tell us his first five picks in that draft. Do you think that's fair? I know it's not fair. and I know he won't get that. I can already see the squirrel running around up there.
2: Yeah. He's yeah, shaking his head no, but he always brags about having a great memory. So, it doesn't sound unfair to me. Rick, I'll ask you, is that fair?
1: It, it's half fair because <laughs> 10 years ago, there like probably 250 picks between now and then. I, I can get the first three when we had first three rounds. but
2: Oh,
3: okay. You knew that. You want to had... give them one lifeline, Ryan? Yeah. Yeah. Like a hint?
1: No, the hint I would want is if you name the school, because I'm really good. I used to bet my kids when they were playing Madden that if you (laughs) gave me the name of the player and all their friends, I could tell you the school they went to. All right, let's start with the first 90 some percent, right?
2: Let's start with the first three rounders. Let's see how far we get down this road. Go ahead. 2013 draft, the Minnesota Vikings select.
1: Xavier Rhodes. Cherie Floyd. And the most bizarre first round pick we've ever made, I was at a press conference talking about Xavier Rhodes and Sharif Floyd, and they pulled me off the podium because George Payton, uh, the general manager of the Denver Broncos, and Rob Brzezinski had a trade in the works with the New England Patriots. And uh, we ended up, I ran off the stage, went up there, (laughs) we did a trade end up taking uh Cordero Patterson and then went back down and finished the press conference and announced that we just made another trade.
2: All right. So, you're doing a lot of filibuster in there. So you, you got those three picks and you, actually, by the way, if you're listening and you want to hear more about the Cordero Patterson, um, how the trade came down in his career in Minnesota, check it out on Rick's picks. One of our first conversations with Rick back in the fall there. So that's three, Rick. Those are all your three first round picks. You want to you need a hint already? Or you want to, Take your, take your hand at it.
1: Did, I did, did. I have a second round pick? You did not. Cause I moved up to get Cordero Patterson where we moved up to get Cordero.
2: How about I give you the round? Would that help or not? No, the school helps. Yeah. But I don't want to give you the answer. What do you think? Debo? How far, how how big
3: of the hint should be? We can give them one school. We can't give them both schools. Okay.
2: So you have two picks left and you want to use the school lifeline now? Or you want to wait? <laughs>
1: um, I'll use one let's save the last one towards the end of the show give me a lifeline to see if I can survive or I'm going to be okay, another, another so very- show without Paramount Plus and I keep missing uh, screen <laughs> and uh, Sylvester Stallone uh, That's right. him. there you go
2: so this, uh, your next pick in the 2020 13, 2013 draft excuse me, after the three first rounders this young man went to Penn State my young man I'm assuming Fine young man went to Penn state. Ooh. Oh boy. This is going to be the 2% that he doesn't get off the okay, linebacker. I look, man, you get one. I gave you <laughs> one lifeline and that was it. <laughs> and I am not
1: cheating. Cause I could take my phone right now, pull up stuff, but I have integrity and I will refuse to cheat. Okay. He went to Penn state. Daryl Hodges.
2: Uh, Diva, what, what did you say? Hodges. <laughs> <laughs> that was smart. That yeah, was smart. Yeah. I'll give it to him, Devo. Gerald Hodges. You said Daryl, whatever. Gerald Daryl. Same difference. All right. So we'll wait to the end of the show and see if you can get the next and final, the, the fifth pick uh that you made in that draft. That's good job. There you go. Boy, you pulled that one out of your butt. <laughs> yeah. As soon as
1: you said Penn State, uh, but it'll be this last one. I, I know it's going to be very difficult to get. Yeah. You drafted
3: yeah. Uh, two Penn State linebackers in that draft, though. So. I thought you might have said the other one. Oh, oh, oh!
1: Yeah. I know that. Uh, the the uh, I know who it was. You know You don't, The name. But we didn't take he, he wasn't the next pick after Hodges. No, no, no. he was no. later. Yeah, he, he ended up going down to New Orleans and played at New Orleans for a little bit. Very good special team player. Okay. Psycho.
2: Yeah, you have to be. So seventh round, Penn State. He might in 2013. Was that when you were there, Debo? Oh yeah. Oh, so he knows this guy. They—they they, was probably running with Debo. That was the problem. Yeah.
1: Hey, Debo, sometime one of these shows, you got to put up that uh, that mock draft that you did when you were like 12 years old that you wrote this weekend.
2: He did write it this weekend. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was great. So Debo texted me and Rick over the weekend. His, he found his two, 2004 in pencil, his mock draft that he did allegedly
3: prior to the draft he crushed every single pick <laughs>
1: like yeah that was... no that's not I, i'm going to question the integrity of that <laughs> don't you think I
3: don't... if i did it after the draft like i would have just made myself look 100 percent right <laughs>
1: yeah no i thought no i thought it was a bad draft i thought it was a bad prediction
2: i mean he got every
3: almost. he had like 95 percent
2: hit rate
1: yeah like okay like he's going to do that at 12 years old. He can't even do that now.
2: <laughs> that was amazing. I, mean, I was thinking like, he was that good as a mock draft uh, sort of prognosticator twenty uh, at 12 years old, and now he gets stuck working with us. Where, where do the things go wrong
3: for him? That's my question. Oh, yeah. I'll show so that maybe, at the end of the show as well. Yeah, well, maybe he should
1: be a co-host, and I should start producing this show. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right. I don't
2: know about that. All right, let's get going here. So you have uh, 45 minutes or so to sneakily figure out who your fifth pick was and try to not let us know that you're texting your friends. Uh, We'll see how far you get before we we catch on that. Good job on the first four, though. You got Mr. Hodges. I'm not going to say you got his first name right, but I'll give you credit. So you're four out of five. One more to go, and P-plus is in your future. All right, we're talking impact rookies. And um, so Debo put together some some notes here uh, about both offensive and defensive. And I was just looking at the uh, offensive list, and we'll go through these. You have three, and I have three on each side of the ball. But
1: think you, you clarify that this is impact rookies, not who we think are going to win Rookie of the Year, correct?
2: Yeah, so these are our impact rookies, and Debo will also give us the odds for some of the, the Rookie of the Year odds for these players that we're talking about and where they sort of stack up. If you look at the offensive players uh, over the last 20 years or so, almost all of them, I counted four, I think that's right, were not first-round picks. The other 16 were. But on the defensive side of the ball, Every single one of these guys was first-round pick except for Shaq, Shaq Leonard in, in 2018, which I thought was interesting. So I, I think just me sort of making up stuff here, the takeaway is that it depends on where you go as an offensive player. A, like Anquan Bolden was a second-round pick because he didn't run very well. He went to a, a team that had had only him to throw the ball to, and, and that probably helped, and he was actually probably undervalued. That probably helped. Defensively, it, you, you got to be able to make plays, and that's typically why those guys get drafted early, and they have impacts early, and it's – Sort of sh- shows the in, in terms of the, the defensive rookie of the year. Last year was Sauce Gardner. um, And last year offensively, oddly enough, his teammate Garrett Wilson. So, all right, Rick's picks. Why will they have a, a big impact? Let's start with B. John Robinson. Why will B. John Robinson, your first impact rookie on the offensive yeah. side of the football, Eighth overall to Atlanta Falcons. This feels pretty obvious. Typically, running backs have a good success rate, but uh, why don't you tell me why you like Bijan in Atlanta?
1: Yeah, most of the time, running backs are the ones that uh, are going to have the biggest impacts as rookies. Uh, Just in my experience, Adrian Peterson had a huge impact (laughs) his rookie year. He was pretty good. Yeah, Dalvin Cook had a huge impact his rookie year. So it seems like that's the position that – Seems to have the biggest impact immediately because I know they have to learn the plays. They have to learn the protections. But they can utilize their speed, their athleticism, and just play without having to think. Just get the ball in their hand and let them go do what they do. So my uh, first pick was Bijan Robinson. There's just, he's going to be the focal point of the offense. And look what he has, some playmakers around him. They have a very good offensive line. They went and re-signed uh, McGarry, and they signed Lindstrom back, so they're really solid up front. They have some playmakers uh, at tight end and Pitts and Drake London, so they have some playmakers around them. Algier uh, will be a great supplemental back as a 1B, and if they use Algier in the running back situation, don't be surprised if you see Bijan John Robinson doing some stuff out of the slot mm. in some different places, so... I think they're going to utilize, and we talked about it earlier. He's not just a running back, he is an offensive playmaker. So they can utilize him in many different ways. And I think even if they get, we did this one year, we put Adrian Peterson back when we needed a big kickoff return. We put Adrian Peterson back there as a kickoff returner. So, any way you can get the ball into a playmaker's hands, like a Bijan Robinson, I think that they're definitely going to do. So, you know, I looked at um, Adrian Peterson's stats, and uh, he got a lot of carries, and he was behind. It's almost—I don't want to compare Algier to Chester Taylor. Mm. Chester Taylor um, came in, and he had like thirteen hundred yards the previous year, and then Adrian came in, so that was a great one-two combination. But Adrian was just too talented, and I try to see it. Did we have anyone similar to Young? Uh, or to uh, Drake London at receiver. And our equivalent to that was Sidney Rice that year. Okay. So I try to make a lot of those comparisons. So I see, that's why I see B. John Robinson having such an impact and they have a young quarterback. So they're going to want to take the heat off the young quarterback. And there's our young quarterback at the time when we drafted Adrian Peterson was Tavares Jackson. Right. Um, so god rest his soul but when you have a young quarterback and you can put a back behind him like a Bijan Robinson they're going to have an immediate impact right away
2: so AP ran for 1341 yards his his first season Saquon who also ran uh, won rookie of the year um when he won it he won it in 2018 he rushed for 1300 yards 700 receiving yards as a rookie so you think Bijan, can Bijan duplicate that in, in the receiving area as well, is that a little too rich?
1: I think he will just because of the young quarterback, and a young quarterback may be more likely to hit more <laughs> checkdowns and screens yep. uh, and not have him sit back in the pocket and go through all the progressions and things like that. I mean, they'll do play action because I think Ritter – he is undervalued as an athlete and can make plays with his legs. Yeah, he's I believe he ran four fives when he yep. came out and was the fastest quarterback in that draft class. So don't underestimate his athleticism and don't underestimate Arthur Smith wanting to get the ball in Bijan's hands quickly to take pressure. So that's screens, that's check downs, that's little different nuances, bubble screens on the outside, different ways to get the ball into Bijan Robinson's hands
2: so as Debo notes the last 10 years four running backs have won the award three quarterbacks three wide receivers man I just told you Saquon Barkley I don't even know if you would guess these other running backs I'll give you the year 2013 let's go back to 2013 do you know who won rookie of the year in 2013 offensive rookie of the year running back no Alabama uh no drafted Anything by the there? Packers uh though no. eddie lacy can you believe he won? he won rookie of the uh, year you're
1: you you putting too much pressure on me on trivia stuff i can't stand <laughs> trivia
2: <laughs> we found his achilles heel Devo. he hates trivia all right fair enough i won't ask you any more questions when you start getting ordinary though i'm gonna start asking trivia questions to bring you back in line
1: it, it, we had a big family gathering a couple weeks ago we had a bunch of people come down and uh I was the worst trivia player. We played one of those games, and everybody was – my family was booing me. They kicked me out of the game. I had to go watch on the side because I was so bad.
2: (laughs) Oh, you hate to see it. So if you're watching on YouTube here, uh, Debo put up the 2023 Offensive Rookie of the Year Award odds. At the top, not surprisingly, Bijan at plus 300. And then next up is uh, good old Rick Chalk Spielman's next pick as well, Bryce Young he's plus 400. So Bryce Young um going to the Carolina Panthers first overall pick. I don't I mean this feels pretty straightforward. I feel like he's he's not in the best situation. Maybe he does better if he goes to the Titans for example like Will Levis did. No. Uh um, you don't think so? No. Really?
1: Who's he going oh. to throw the ball to?
2: Uh Derrick Henry. <laughs> it's called a handoff. <laughs> um what about the Colts?
1: You like don't get you, the quarterbacks. Just, I know this from a trivia standpoint, you do not get uh, <laughs> stats for hitting the ball off. As a yeah, you get
2: those little touch passes. What about, um, would he be better off where Anthony Richardson currently is in Indianapolis? No. Okay. All right. We'll make your case then for Bryce Young Carolina. Okay. I'm making my case for Bryce
1: Young because I thought they did a great job in free agency. Uh, to get some more playmakers. They did trade D.J. Moore away in that trade that went to uh, the Chicago Bears, but they went out and they got D.J. Chark, who needs to stay healthy but gives them a vertical threat down the field. Adam Thielen, who I still can think be a very effective slot, and with his experience and his knowledge, he is going to be a huge asset for a young quarterback. And then they go out and get to me one of the top slot receivers that may be more than that in Mingo uh, when they drafted him. So they put some playmakers around them. They went out and signed Miles uh, Sanders from Philly, you know, and Chubba Hubbard uh, also is an undervalued back that I think can do a lot of things for him. They got a very good offensive line up front. Um, They got a lot. So they are set for success for him. And then you look at the uh, coaching staff that they put around them. You got offensive head coach in Frank Reich. You went out and signed Josh McCown as your quarterback coach. You got uh, Jim Codwell, who's coming in as a senior assistant. So he's going to have a lot to say in that quarterback room as well. I look at it as similar to how Jacksonville set it up with Doug Peterson came down and all the people, Jim Bob Cooter and, and uh, all McCoy, all the coaches that they put around Trevor Lawrence to uh, have him have success. And you saw that especially in the second half of the year. So I think the way the coaching staff is set up, how many offensive, I don't want to call them experts, but areas of expertise in the quarterback position is set there, playmakers around them, solid defense. I think that's my case for why Bryce Young is going to have a big impact as a rookie.
2: So it sounds like if you were starting a team from scratch, you would hire Frank Reich over Shane Sykin? Can I say that?
1: I can say that just because of I'm going with a rookie quarterback, and just, I'm going off based off the experience and everything right. that Frank Wright's been through.
2: Even though Shane Steichen <laughs> had to replace the fired Frank Reich in Indianapolis. That's well, not your be, problem. That'll
1: be an interesting dynamic that we may have to discuss uh, down the road here.
2: Because, I mean, you know this. How do you differentiate when you're interviewing candidates from someone who's really good at one job, offensive or defense coordinator, and trying to extrapolate what that looks like when they're doing a completely different job as a head coach who has his fingers on everything?
1: Right, and that's the thing that, you know, Frank Reich has experience doing that, and he's had success, and he's been on a Super Bowl-winning team in Philly, so he's worked under Doug Peterson. Steichen is his first time. I'm not saying – I mean, what he did with the Philly offense uh, was was pretty – they were pretty damn good last year. (laughs) So, But it's going to be his first time wearing the big hat Mm -hmm. because now you got to worry about game management, uh, timeouts, uh, and all the other things are going to come across your desk. You're not just worried about the offensive side of the ball. So that's an experience that you're going to have to grow into. Now, I think he's going to be a very successful head coach, but I know Frank Reich has already been around the block and has done a lot of that stuff. And the staff he built, including the defensive quarter coordinator that he brought in from Denver, uh, Ajiro, uh, they're going to be, I think, set, set up for success. And Bryce Young, we didn't even talk about his abilities because you know how I felt about him coming out. Uh, but just talking to some people down there, they say that he really does some things out on the practice field. The first thing they were in awe with is how small he was. <laughs> but after that, when I saw him play and move around, he sees things that most veterans don't see. So with all that and all those points that I made, I think there's no way that he does not have a impactful rookie year.
2: Right. Um, I'll ask you this quickly. Were you surprised at all in general with how overwhelmed Nathaniel Hackett seemed last year? Really good coordinator, struggled in terms of the in-game management stuff. I feel like that's something – I don't know how you assess that in the sort of interview process.
1: Well, I think a lot of it has to do with his staff, you know, especially a first-time head coach and how much – experience do you have on that staff or staff that that has been through that right i'm not saying that hackett hasn't had experience but not as a head coach so that's why they brought in some people um jerry um uh, the former uh that end up being the uh he
2: was the guy in the booth i can't remember his last name right jerry yeah. colman
1: no he was the uh special teams coordinator for a long time at uh, baltimore ravens
2: right okay um, go ahead
1: uh, and then he ended up being, I think, the interim head coach at the end of the year to get him through the rest of the season. Ro- Rosberg. Rosberg, yeah. So I don't know. I just know Frank Reich and, the, and his experience and the experienced staff that he has around him seems like that's why this why he's going to have a best chance for success.
2: All right, let's go to your third impact rookie on the offensive side of the football after Bijan and Bryce. Jordan Addison. Wide receiver.
1: Yes, uh, anyone who's playing opposite of Justin Jefferson is going to have an impact.
2: Now, By the way, let me mention this quickly, Rick. He actually he has the second best odds among wide receivers behind only Jackson Smith and Jigba. It's ahead of Zay Flowers, who's in Baltimore. It's ahead of Quentin Johnston, um, who's in all Los Angeles with the Chargers. And then Josh Downs is down the list a little bit there uh, as the fifth wide receiver. So this is plus sixteen hundred to win office rookie of the year, as Debo noted. In the notes, three wide receivers have won in the last ten years: uh, Odell Beckham, Jamar Chase, and of course, Garrett Wilson last year. So, uh, sell me on Kirk Cousins having another weapon in a post uh, Adam dealing world.
1: Yeah, when Justin Jefferson came in, uh, you know him and uh, Herbert went down, and there was like maybe two vote difference between offensive rookie of the year that year. But he, uh, Justin Jefferson, didn't even start the first two games. And then he came in, and he ended up having 88 catches for 1,400 yards and seven touchdowns, but no one knew Justin Jefferson was going to be Justin Jefferson. You saw the signs, uh, but he was playing opposite of Adam Thielen, who was coming off multiple Pro Bowl years, multiple 1,000-yard receivers, but he was opposite of Stephon Diggs at the time. So I think any – a defensive coordinator they're going to face, the first player they're going to try to take out of the game is Justin Jefferson. So they may have seven guys covering him. But with Kirk Cousins and uh, his accuracy as a passer uh, and his experience along with Justin Jefferson and who knows if Dalvin Cook's going to be there or not, but they uh, Hawkinson at tight end. So they have a lot of weapons that... Defenses are going to have to worry about, but that's going to leave Jordan Addison a lot of opportunities. There's no question about his route running ability. There's no question about his big playability after the catch. So I think he's going to get a lot of chances uh to be able to make a lot of big plays for the Minnesota Vikings. And he's not the only person on the offensive side that defenses are going to have to worry about.
2: Yeah. No, I think that's right. So what about Zay Flowers, though? Lamar Jackson comes back healthy. You think that – clearly you, you, you think so because you said it, but you think Jordan has a chance to be more impactful than Zay in year one, even though the wide receiver situation in Baltimore isn't great?
1: Yeah, well, they signed OBJ. You know, they got Flowers. You know, hopefully um, the rest of their crew will be healthy, um, and Zay Flowers will have an impact. But I think Jordan Addison fitting in that scheme and that system, which is receiver-friendly in my opinion, Is going to have more probably targets and more opportunities.
2: Okay. All right. Let's take a quick break. Come back and we'll look at my offensive impact rookies right after this. Robert Half Research
0: indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.
2: Debo
1: wow. Very intense. Debo Fatal Debo Attraction just, on Paramount Plus. I would love to see that.
2: He's just trolling you right now, Debo, with the commercials. There was a commercial Paramount Plus or Fatal Attraction with Josh Jackson. I think that was Joshua Jackson. She,
1: she, she wasn't playing around.
2: No, so word <laughs> to the wise. All right. By the way, before we get back to this thing quickly, CBS Sports Galazzo Network flagship. AM show streams live Monday to Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern with replays all morning. Hosts Susanna Collins, Charlie Davies, Nico Cantor, Alexis Guerreros, and reporter Jenny Chu help fans get their day started with highlights, interviews, and the biggest soccer storylines. Find the Galazzo Network for free on the CBS Sports app, also on Pluto, where I watch it sometimes. All right. Let's get to my impact rookies on the offense. Uh, I saw you pick take all the low-hanging fruit, so I thought I'd mix it up a little bit here. And I'm taking uh, one of the biggest surprises in the first round, at least early on. Jameer Gibbs, running back out of Alabama, ended up going 12th overall, which was way higher than anyone on planet Earth and the, the media anyway thought that he would go. Of course, he went to the Detroit Lions. He is fourth among all rookie offensive players uh, to win the award behind Bijan, Bryce, and C.J. Stroud. Uh, who we'll talk about here in a second. So, I mean, you know better than I do this roster, Rick, but I I like the idea and much the same reasons you like Bijan. Jameer's versatility is what makes him so sort of intriguing. DeAndre Swift's now gone. They moved on from him once they got Jameer. We know what he can do in the backfield. We know his ability to catch the ball. You saw it in the fall. We saw it as pro day in person, which was uh, at times jaw-dropping. I think he won't have as many opportunities as Bijan, even though there are a ton of playmakers in Atlanta, but I think he'll take advantage of those opportunities, uh, and that's why the odds are are where they are. That's why he's fourth and not first like Bijan. But I I think he could be an impact player um, really early on in his rookie season.
1: Yeah, no, I agree 100%. And from the the reports I get out of Detroit, uh, reading the clips and uh, (laughs) – going through everything, that uh, he's been uh, very impressive. I know they're only out in shorts right now, but his quickness, his speed, his ability to catch the ball, um, he's not—he's going to be more than just a running back for him. I have a, a sneaking suspicion.
2: Yeah, and um, by the way, we saw him in shorts at the pro day, and that, that was impressive. So he doesn't necessarily have to put pads on to, to get your attention. All right, next up, my guy, C.J. Stroud. And, you know, we talked about him a lot in the draft process. And the more we talked to him in person, the more we liked him. And then, as often happens (laughs) late down the stretch before the draft, uh, silly stuff starts coming out about players. Some of it true, a lot of it not true. And, you know, there was some thoughts that maybe he slips because he tested poorly on an S2 test or whatever. And then the guy who, who invented S2 or runs the S2 testing service said, you know, not all these scores are even accurate that you're reading about. At the end of the day, the Texans drafted him. And you had said, in the weeks leading up to the draft, you can't have two first round picks, desperately need a quarterback and come out of this draft without a quarterback. So they got CJ. Now, CJ isn't in as good a position as Bryce. And you talked about that before the break. I think he's not in as good a position as even Anthony Richardson. I don't look, I don't know how much of that is going to have to do with the fact that Shane Steichen's an offensive coach. Um, he comes from an offensive background. And he's the new head coach in Indianapolis, and that'll help Anthony Richardson. Whereas D'Amico Ryans is a defensive guy, he had great success in San Francisco. Um, he has Bobby Slowick with him, so maybe that offsets some of those concerns, but I, I think D'Amico Ryan's more than anything, is going to be a good leader and get this team back on track. Uh, I love the the opportunity for CJ to have a chance to compete. They have Damian Pierce in the backfield, had a great season last year. The wide receivers are still a, a huge question mark. They have Nico Collins. They have John Mechie, who who uh, overcame cancer last year. I, I think he's fully in remission, and he's back working out. They have Robert Woods. Uh, they drafted Tank Dell and your guy, Xavier Hutchinson. But again, you, you don't have necessarily game changers uh, in the same way that you have um, on, on some of these other teams um, for these young quarterbacks. Uh, tied in Dalton Schultz, so that maybe that ends up being his, his main lean on weapon. They drafted center Drew Scruggs to help him um, keep him upright. I think the offensive line could be surprisingly better than many of us thought. What do you think about Bryce Young here? What What are the chances in your mind Bryce Young has a, or excuse me, CJ Strider, that he has a better season than, than Bryce?
1: Uh, I, I would say not, in my opinion. Um, the other thing you have to take into consideration, uh, Bobby Sloick, who the offensive coordinator, is one of those young upcoming risers through the coaching ranks. But right. this is going to be the first time he's an offensive coordinator too. So you have that going for you as well. So he's going to be learning on the move as well as the head coach um, and, uh, and the quarterback. So they have a lot of new – a lot of first timers so I think that he'll have some success but I, I don't see him having the same success as Bryce Young and the way he is set up
2: no that that's fair and the thing Bryce took a ton of hits last year one of the things the, the sort of the knocks against CJ and it's not his fault is that he played with a bunch of bunch of offensive linemen who were all drafted most of them drafted pretty high and he didn't take a lot of hits that's going to change pretty quickly in Houston just because the Texans aren't a good football team. And while I said that their offensive line might be better, I don't know if it's going to be that much better than what he had at Ohio state, uh, over the course of his two years there. So I liked CJ a lot. I'm glad we had a chance to talk to him a few times. He came across, um, like a leader, but I think he's going to be tested early on. That's it. Good luck to him. I hope he uh, does well. And I, hope I look like a smart guy. All right. I mentioned this guy earlier when you were talking about Jordan Addison, my guy, Zay flowers.
1: Oh my God! You're justifying everything you're try- That's not as good as mine, but that's fine.
2: You're, well, you you're got your to pick, Justify you
1: get, everything.
2: You got your picks in first, so I had to pick from the scratch.
1: Because I'm an experienced, or I'm, a, a, I would say, a thoughtful employee. That when Debo says something, and being the supporting actor that I am on this show, uh, yeah. uh, that I wanted to get them in because I knew Debo was going to have a very long weekend, and uh, I wanted to make sure that he was set.
2: You're also incredibly modest, so th- those are two points for you. <laughs> Let me pat myself on the back yeah, again. Yeah, don't hurt yourself. Don't pull your shoulder out. Uh, yeah, so Zay Flowers, we talked about him a moment ago. Uh, you had Jordan Addison as your guy. And if you're looking here, this is when we had those run on those back-to-back-to-back-to-back. To back to back, uh, back. Wide receivers starting to pick 20 with Jack Smith and Jigba to Seattle. Then Quentin Johnson went to the Chargers, followed by Zay Flowers to the Ravens, and then Jordan Addison um, to – uh, the Vikings. And interestingly enough, Justin Jefferson was the last of those five wide receivers to go off the board a few years ago. He ended up being the best. Jordan Addison goes last. That's who Rick's like Rick likes here. Uh, we'll see what happens. But I went with Zay. In part because Lamar's coming back, that's great. Lamar will be healthy. That's great. Um, Eric DeCosta, the general manager, made some comments at the at the combine that made Rashad Bateman, their former first round pick, wide receiver out of Minnesota, not very happy. And he basically said, uh, Nick Costa that they needed to get better at wide receiver. And you know, look, man, Rashad Bateman's fine to be angry about that, but they do need to get better at wide receiver. He struggled with injuries. Otto Beckham's coming off the ACL, his second ACL. Uh, so he'll add some depth there. I don't think he'll be the player he once was. They signed Nelson Aguilar. Um, they obviously have Mark Andrews at tight end. Isaiah Likely is their other tight end. They have Charlie Kohler. I forgot they drafted him a few years ago as well. So they, I mean, they're going deep on the tight ends. And then, of course, Zay Flowers. So Zay Flowers provides some returnability too. That doesn't factor in, I don't think, to the offensive rookie of the year. I mean, he could have 25 uh punt returns. That's not going to get you offensive rookie of the year, but I think he has an opportunity um uh, to, to do some things for for Lamar. And, you know, I know you think he's slide only, but he can move around a little bit and, and and provide some some versatility there. And I said it before, like in the weeks leading up to the draft. When you watch him, when he's at his best, he has some little Antonio Brown in him. He's not as big as Antonio Brown. He's probably a little faster, straight line, um, but obviously not the route runner yet. But but I like this fit. I think this fit is actually better uh, than, than, say, Quentin Johnson, for example, who he's not a one-trick pony. I, I think you need some elusivity on the underneath routes and let Lamar get you the ball, and, and then you do your thing.
1: Can, can, what's that word? Elusivity. Okay. Uh, I'll have to <laughs> – Work on that.
2: Elusive. <laughs> that
1: <break. laughs> and don't don't forget now Todd Munkins coming in as the new oh, offensive yep. coordinator, which will make a difference too. I think Greg Roman did a great job, but he was they were more run oriented. Uh, and I think Munkin's gonna make a difference in the uh the passing game.
2: All right, let me ask you this. You have Jordan Addison, obviously, is your guy of these receivers still on the board. Who do you think has the second best? rookie season. Jackson Smith and Jigba in Seattle. Zay Flowers, as I mentioned, in Baltimore. Quentin Johnson for the Chargers. Mm. I'm
1: going to say Jackson Smith and Jigba.
2: Okay. My though, I Smith. They
1: got Lockett and they got uh, Metcalf. So I'm going to go with Jackson Smith and Jigba. Hey, d are we allowed to make bets, like dollar bets, at the end of the year that my guy will be more productive than Ryan's guy?
3: Yeah, yeah. not? Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's have some in-season one-dollar bets. Ryan can try to reclaim the championship belt. So, what's that's the on, we're doing odds this year, the way, Rick?
1: Huh? I'm betting a dollar that.
3: <laughs> I think a... we have to put very like defined metrics on it because yeah. we don't need this gray area of who's more productive. It's just straight, yeah. more yards, more reception. We have to define it. I agree. So what, what is your bet?
1: More everything.
3: More yards, more touchdowns, more
2: receptions? More
1: receptions, yes.
2: So if you lose one of those categories, you lose the bet. Is
1: there a dollar on each category?
2: No, just one dollar. So, But if you win two or three, and I win the third, I win. I win the bet.
1: No, I win. That's like a series. The Heat went up 3-0 last night.
2: They were so. betting a dollar on each category then. Yeah. You're not stealing this. All right, so what do you want to bet a dollar on? Everything. So one dollar each that who who's your guy? My guy is Addison. Okay. And I can take anyone.
1: You can take anyone.
2: Any rookie? Yep. All right. I'm gonna take I'm gonna just stick with my guy Zay Flowers. So I say Zay Flowers has more receptions. That's one dollar. More receiving yards. That's another dollar. More touchdowns. That's another dollar. Okay.
1: Okay.
3: So I, there I, we go.
1: I, I like that.
3: Zay versus Jordan. I told First Ryan the- he has to stand up for himself this, this next round of $1 bets. He didn't stand up for himself. I, know. I only got steamrolled. <laughs>
1: how, how about the two running backs? Both very similar playmakers. Want to do the same thing on the running backs?
2: No, because Bijan's going to get a lot more opportunities, I feel like. I think that team, is, that team could be good, but they're not good. And I think the reason they drafted Bijan is because they want to help Des Ritter out. I think Jared Goff could do a lot of damage by himself. He doesn't necessarily need a workhorse running back. Uh, like they had Jamal Williams, who was good. DeAndre Swift was hurt, but Jerry Goff did a lot of the heavy lifting with, you know, I'm Ross St. Brown and, and, and that crew. So no, and
1: Montgomery's know. going to be good for him too.
2: Yeah. So I, I'll I have to, th- i have to look into that. And by the way, any preseason injuries, the bets are off. You don't automatically win or I don't automatically win. <laughs> if you accidentally hit Zay Flowers with your car, for example,
1: there's a lot of asterisks.
2: Yeah. Well, on, on that, as Debo noted, I was way too easy on you last year. No more. <laughs> All right, let's say quick break. We're gonna come back and we'll talk about Rick's defensive off, off defensive rookie of the year. You're
1: rattled. In- you can't take it. <laughs> you can't take the pressure.
2: <laughs> another commercial for Paramount Plus. If you were listening on the uh, audio version, and if you like Serie A, if you like Champions League, another reason to get Paramount Plus. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. By the way, Rick, if this whole podcast thing doesn't work out with you and me, I'm going to try to get on to the, uh, the Serie A crew. Those guys go to Milan every other week to cover the game.
1: What's an A crew? Is that on Paramount Plus?
2: It's Serie A, the uh, Italian Soccer League. Oh. I
1: Serie A. No, I know. I'm more, I'm Premier all the way. Congrats to okay. uh, Man City for winning the Premier League Championship. Yeah. Now, I'm looking forward to seeing, besides Southampton, I believe, uh, who else is going to get relegated down.
2: I think Leeds is in trouble. Uh, I haven't seen the most recent updated table, but that's not good news because they have a couple of Americans on that team that uh, need to be playing in the, cha- in the Premier League. But um, since that's on NBC, we shouldn't talk about that. But okay. you went there. Here we go. You wonder why you don't have Paramount+. Plus? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk Defense. You're if I player? had
1: Paramount Plus, then I'd be more in tune to what's on that. Although I do I do watch the uh, some of the uh, soccer stuff on, I think I'd get Paramount. Do I get Paramount, Debo, with my CBS and one of those streaming services that I have? But I don't get Paramount Plus.
2: No, there's only Paramount Plus. Oh, there is? You can watch soccer on the Galazzo Network.
3: Sometimes oh. there's some re- some replays
2: there.
1: I watch it on CBS Sports Network. You can do that, be, too.
3: I'm, it would be real funny if this entire time Rick actually did have <laughs> Paramount Plus. And just didn't realize it. He didn't see the plus. He said, I just have Paramount. I don't have the plus.
2: Um, all right, Rick. Let's talk about the defensive players here. I went with the other first-round pick on my offensive picks with Jameer Gibbs. You're going with the second first-round pick the Lions made, linebacker out of Iowa, Jack Campbell. Ended up being the first linebacker taken. We didn't start talking about him until a little later in the process. It was all about Drew Sanders, who ended up going in the third round to the Broncos. But Jack Campbell feels like a Dan Campbell type of player. And uh, why do you like him as one of your favorites to to have an impact season?
1: I think they're going to be better up front defensively. They went out and they were aggressive to look at their secondary now that they have. Mm. Cam Sutton, uh, Gardner Johnson that they ended up signing – Um, so they were aggressive, improving that defensive side of the ball. But the reason I say Dan Campbell or Dan Campbell, Jack Campbell, um, is because of his instincts and usually linebackers that are very instinctive and smart have the best chance of making the most plays. Uh, and he checked all those boxes for me. Now he's got to learn a new system, but once he gets comfortable and does not have to think, there's no question that he'll he'll come downhill. He's a very solid tackler, both in line and in the open field. He can uh, be effective in coverage, and he's not one of the small linebackers, these athletic runaround guys. Yeah. This guy is 6'5", 250, but moves athletic for his size. So I think he'll have a big impact on defense, and especially as he becomes the leader of that defense, which he'll grow into. And once he becomes comfortable with the scheme and he can just go out and play, make the calls and don't doesn't have to think. Uh, I think he's going to have a major impact on the on the defensive side for them.
2: I think you're moving the line, Rick, because it was plus twenty two hundred. Now it's plus fifteen hundred for Jack Campbell to be defensive rookie of the year. That's that's interesting. Uh, that team also has a Hutchinson. They also have um, Malcolm Rodriguez, who somehow is a day three pick. He was a really good player for them last year. This defense certainly looks pretty pretty menacing and um, not to mention how good the offense is. So that's going to be something um, worth watching your next player. Jalen Carter. Yes. Who arguably could have been the first overall pick. If we were just going solely on, on talent. Um, There's some off field concerns that, that saw him drop a little bit and he is at plus 500 to win defensive Rookie of the year. That's tied for first with Will Anderson. Uh, no surprise there. Um, tell me about Jalen Carter and, and how he fits in. Um in the NFL.
1: Yeah, I think he's gonna he he went to the right team. I think that's the right culture for him to go to. Um, look at their defense, they were able to to keep uh both corners and slay and Bradbury. Uh they signed Fletcher Cox back and Graham, who are older but being a rotation, but still can have an impact. Hopefully Jordan Davis, his former teammate, will make a bigger impact this year uh and played some last year. I think Nicobe Dean, even though he played primarily on special teams last year, is going to be the uh the leader of that defense uh just because of his makeup. And I think just like we talked about with some of the offensive guys, I don't think that teams are going to be like just totally focused like they are on Aaron Donald that hey, we got to take him out of the game. They got to take Hassan Reddick out of the game. Mm-hmm. They got some other guys that they have to worry about up front. That Jalen Carter is not going to be the focal point of offenses until he starts making plays. So I think he's going to be making an immediate impact because when you watch him on tape, take out the stuff that happened during the pre draft process. Uh, but if you just watch him on tape, he was not maybe the most dominant defensive player, but could be the most dominant overall player in this year's draft. And I think going into that environment with that culture and veteran leadership, that that's going to be a huge plus for him.
2: Right, and that leadership is going to be critical. Uh, Aaron Donald had nine sacks as a rookie. How far down that road stats-wise does Jalen Carter need to get before he gets into rookie of the year conversation?
1: I think he's got to get close to double-digit sacks from Ooh. the inside. Ooh.
2: Wow, okay. All right, so last year, Sauce Gardner won it on the defense side of the ball. The year before that, it was Micah Parsons. And um, funny little side note here: the last ten years, we've had four defensive ends, three corners, one defensive tackle, one linebacker, and as Debo notes, one Micah Parsons. So um, Micah Parsons makes sense, but he plays everywhere. So it, it, there, it, you know, there's been not very many defensive tackles over the last twenty years. Aaron, Aaron Donald was one. The year before that, interestingly enough, Sheldon Richardson, um, but not a lot. And Dominic and Sue a few years prior to that, not a lot recently. So here we go. Eagles had four players with double-digit sacks last year. Debo couldn't wait to tell us that stat, so there's a chance. Jalen Carter keeps hope alive there and makes it happen. All right, next up, your guy. I mean, this is a layup. I want to take this guy, so that's my number one guy, but you stole him because, again, you responded to the email earlier. Emmanuel Forbes, cornerback, Mississippi State, ended up going to Washington. I think he had something like 4,000 interceptions between high school and college. Turnovers translate as you move up levels. And last year, Sauce Gardner proved the cornerbacks can be really, really good in year one. Emmanuel Forbes is not Sauce Gardner physically, but you like him here.
1: Yeah. And just look at the impact and even Woolen out in, uh, who was a fourth round pick out with the the, uh, Seattle Seahawks. I think a corner can have a major impact. He's unique now. I understand everybody's concerned about the 166 pounds that he weighs. But when I watched him and they needed a corner, so you know he's going to be out on the field right away. And I'm sure he's going to get a lot of targets his way initially. Um, Then he's going to get tested. But his ability to make plays on balls in the air reminded me a lot. And don't think I'm nuts because they're two different (laughs) sizes. But uh, when Diggs came out as a rookie, Mm. and the way he can go up and find the ball and you've seen that because he was a former receiver Diggs was before he moved over to corner down at alabama but when he made plays at alabama they look like a receiver going up and get the ball and i see the same type of traits as far as playmaking ability with the ball in the air with emmanuel forbes now They don't have, I mean, they have a solid team. I think they will be a little better. I don't know if they're going to be ready to make a run at the uh, NFC East uh, title. But Forbes does have, out of all the corners we talked about, he was the most productive going up and get the ball and making plays on balls in air. And he looks so natural right? uh, catching the ball. Uh, Not like a DB. almost looks like a receiver when he goes up and gets the ball.
2: Yeah, six picks, sixes in his career. He's plus 1,500 to win Defense Rookie of the Year. Last time I looked at the odds there, that's third favorite among cornerbacks behind Devin Witherspoon, who was drafted by um, Seattle. Seattle, thank you. And then Christian Gonzalez is actually a little bit ahead of him, which is interesting. He's going to New England. And uh, cornerbacks have a lot of success in New England, so that makes some sense there. Um, all right. Let's go to my guys. And since you took all the good ones, I'm going to take some some under the radar guys. I,
1: I'll, I'll 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 trade you. You can have Forbes for Will Anderson. Did you take Will Anderson as one of your guys?
2: No, that's a layup. I want to make things interesting. Okay, so my first player.
1: Oh my god, you went uh, way down, deep down.
2: Yeah, I went deep, a deep cut here. 29 inch arms. Slight exaggeration. Clyde Jukanse, defensive tackle out of Pitt, and you talked about this on draft night. And I think it's important to to keep in mind he's not going to be the only show in town along the defensive line. He's in Tampa Bay. He's going to be next to Vita Vea, who weighs probably closer to three hundred thirty pounds. Clyde Cansey, I think weighed about two eighty ish during his pro day, combine slash workouts. He was six, almost six one, thirty inch arms, which is really short, but. You know, you watch him play, he, he's uh, twitched up there. And I like the idea of Vita Vea doing the heavy lifting and Clyde Jacanti just shooting gaps. They have uh, Joe Try and Choyenka, who they drafted uh, in, in the early rounds. I think a first-round pick a few years ago, Logan Hall, who I think was the first pick of the second round a few years ago. So they have some guys at the defensive line. Um, we know what they have with uh Lamonte David, who's been there forever. Uh, Devin White's still there. They got Shaquille Barrett. Um, the, the defense, uh, the secondary is still pretty good, even though they lost some players. Antoine Winfield Jr., who, Rick, you know quite well from high school. Uh, so what do you think oh, about my theory? Oh, that sixth Kalaji- grade.
1: Huh? So from sixth grade, him and my son oh, played together grade. in sixth wow. grade.
2: And Antoine Winfield Sr. played for you. Is that yes. right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So what do you think about my theory, based on your sort of theory, that Kallajik Hansen can just sort of – ride the ride in the wake of Vita Vea and make plays that way.
1: I I I I can see your logic, although I don't agree with your logic all the time. Yeah. Um but it's how much is he going to play? Um is, uh, you know, they have to use him the way the right way to fit his skill set which is upfield penetrator because if they're going to have him sit there and try to hold the point versus combos and double teams especially down in that heat, that's going to wear him out. That's true. So I, th- I see him having an impact as an inline pass rusher. I see him rotating in and out maybe a little bit more because you want to keep him fresh to get pressure on the quarterback, which that's what his trade is. But if you're going to sit there and say, I'm going to play him, you know, 70 snaps, 60 snaps a game, he's going to wear down. And wear down through the season. So I think they have to have a defensive line rotation. And usually most teams, a la Philly last year, that have a very solid defensive line rotation, six or, or seven or eight guys that are rotating in and out, uh, are the ones that end up having a, uh, a, a good defensive front, the ones that usually uh, get the most pressure and sacks on a quarterback.
2: Yeah, but that's sort of what Jalen Carter's going to have to do in Philly, right? They're going to be that defensive line rotation.
1: Yeah, he'll be in that defensive line rotation, but he's about—he's—he's he's bigger, plays bigger than Kansi does.
2: <laughs> fair, fair enough. All right, my next guy, Felix Enodike Uzama, the guy you were on back in the fall, and he ended up going to the first round. And we rarely talked about him um, throughout the process as being a first-round pick. I liked him. I, I didn't love him. You thought he needed to—he played out of position at Kansas State. I get that. I like him in Kansas City because I like the evolution of george carloftis i didn't love george carloftis coming out but he's just scratching the surface they knew how to use him in kansas city and i think he'll have that opportunity um to be used properly get the most out of him and i think he has a chance to be a pretty good player yeah
1: he'll he'll replace frank clark's role uh who had a pretty big impact on him while he was there
2: yeah and um Finally, and you need to fill for about 90 seconds, because i, I got to run upstairs and let the puppy out. He's barking. I think he's going to do something in the house if, you, if I don't go get him real quick. So I'm going to mention my guy, Nick Herbig. And you tell me why he has an opportunity to be a, a pretty good player in, in Pittsburgh, whether it's outside or inside, because I, I love the way he played at Wisconsin. So if I'm not back, Debo's got to take up the mantle, but you, you can filibuster. It's so a filibuster. <laughs>
1: Oh my god, he's leaving again during the middle of the show. It's a
2: dog's in a my dog, my puppy's gonna go number one or number two in the house. I gotta run up real quick. Just talk well, about Nick Herberg.
1: I, I got stuff to clean that up, you know. Uh Herberg, go ahead, go do your puppy thing real you gonna do the show first.
2: Debo, is he muted? No, we can hear him.
1: What I'm gonna tell you about Herberg, he is one of the best collegiate football players that I watched. Uh, they used him on the outside. I watched him against Ohio State. Uh, he has excellent pass rush ability off the edge. He's undersized. He plays with his hair on fire. A lot of teams looked at him as potentially trying to move him to a stacked position. I think he's going to have to learn to drop in coverage. He's more than athletic enough to do it, but he's not as natural at that as he is going forward. Uh, I think Coach Tomlin will do a phenomenal job utilizing his strengths and utilize him in a way to get to the pressure on the quarterback, whether it's off the edge, whether it's blitzing through the A-gap. I'm not saying he's T.J. Watt, but when T.J. Watt came out, uh, he was kind of that outside guy uh, from Wisconsin that Pittsburgh made into, you know, one of the most dominant defensive players in the NFL right now. So I see a lot of similar traits, not in size, and he still has to prove himself, but utilize him to get to the quarterback because that's what he does best.
3: Oh, my God. Amazing timing. Rick, can we get a $1 bet on the defensive side? Let's search for something. Most picks, most sacks. I want to add more $1 bets.
1: Okay. I am going to say that Carter will have more sacks than Kansi.
3: Oh stop it. I'm back by the way.
1: Oh, you are? The show was going very smooth while you were gone.
2: Yeah, sorry. I had a the <laughs> dog usually naps at this time, so I, I thought he'd be good and he's up there yelling and screaming. I didn't feel like him messing up the house and then I have to deal with all all that. Thank you for your filler
3: buster and hopefully it went well. But the Cancy uh, Carter bet that's Yeah, you taking that bet? I don't think so. What about like Carter versus Tyree Wilson?
2: Is Tyree going to play? Is he healthy enough to play uh, in week one, Rick?
1: I don't know. I didn't look at his foot.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me look at this list here. Carter Anderson? Rick, which side would you oh, lean on okay. there? Oh, come on, we know this one.
1: I'm going to go with Will Anderson. Of
3: course you are.
2: All right, um, okay. Who drafted Lucas Van The Packers? Yes. Oh man, Lucas Van Ness or Jalen Carter? Like I sort of like Lucas Vaness sneakily, but I don't know if he's gonna be ready year one.
1: Well put your go out there on a limb. I mean, don't look at the obvious.
3: You're taking the obvious, you're taking Jalen Carter. He's number one. Well, I'll just say like Rick said Jalen Carter potentially double-digit sacks. The the winning pass rushers over the past 10 years, as you know, pass rushers, uh Micah Parsons 13, which is the highest on the list. Chase Young, seven and a half. Nick Bosa, nine, Shaq Leonard seven, Joey Bosa, ten and a half, Aaron Donald nine. So that's that's already a high number to peg on on Jalen Carter if we think Anderson will exceed that.
2: Yeah, so I'm how saying, about
1: that? Yeah, but they play different positions. The only one that plays inside was Aaron Donald. So I'm saying that Jalen Carter from the inside will have more sacks than.
3: <laughs> you said Kalijah. Well, no, collage- that's um, I that's just a huge. That's still like a, a very big number. So to say, Anderson of, of the list of the past ten winners will will be, you know, according to Rick, either second or first on this list.
1: You want you don't want to know what? why I like I think Will Anderson will have close to double digit sacks. I did some research on it because I thought I left a layup for Ryan and he didn't bite. So Mm-mm,
2: I didn't bite. I like shooting threes. You're
1: right. Boza had nine sacks. Right, mm-hmm. and opposite of Boza that year, they didn't have a lot okay. Uh, coming off the other, it was D Ford who had six and a half sacks. Now they had two monsters inside, and in Armstead and uh Buckner, who right. ended up having, I think, 17 sacks amongst them between them. So I'm just saying that with Will Anderson going to Houston and Opposite of Jerry Hughes, who had nine sacks last year, opposite of Grenard, who had a sack and a half, but he only played in eight games last year and one start. He had eight sacks the previous year in 2021. So assuming he's healthy, he has some other pass rushers coming off the opposite side of him um, with Hughes and, and Grenard. Um, so I think that's why Will Anderson will have nine to ten sacks.
2: Okay, so here's the, here's the bet you bet Will Anderson will have 10 or more sacks?
1: Nine or more.
2: No, you got to take 10. Nine and a half. How about that?
1: (laughs) Nine sacks. I'm just taking nine sacks. See, this
2: is how he wins these bets, Debo. He he lowballs you and then... That's not lowball.
1: Nine sacks is a lot of sacks for a rookie. Boza had nine sacks. I'm going to say he's going to match Boza's sack, though.
2: Which side do you like,
3: Debo, for Will Anderson nine? I mean, generally, I do agree that these totals should be set at a half number versus a whole number. It just makes it makes it a whole lot cleaner. Because Rick's never... talking about setting the over basically at eight and a half because he's taking the over there, right. and you would have to take the under. You lose if if he gets nine. Right.
2: So over eight and a half. I mean, all right. I'll give you. This is it. This is the last <laughs> one I'm rolling over on. I'm not giving <laughs> you any more. All right. So I'll give you. I'll take under eight and a half. I like Will Anderson too. I wanted to get twelve sacks, but mostly for Pete Prisco's sake, but I'll take under eight and a half. What a what a bargain you're getting. Just get odds on that. All right, that's it. Did
3: you say good things about Nick Herbig?
1: Yes, I did. Great. Did you Were you impressed with my filibustering, Debo?
3: Yeah, say nice things about this, Rick.
2: Oh, there it is. Oh, my God. So if you're watching on YouTube, here is Eric Dibridinus' 2004 handwritten mock draft. Allegedly, Rick, before the draft actually took place, <laughs>
1: it looks very similar to he what the notes he sends us now.
3: So look, uh, I got I got one right. I didn't get two or three right. Those two were flipped. Roethlisberger went eleven. Sean oh. Taylor was right. Kellen Winslow was right. I did nail Jonathan Vilma at twelve. I did nail Jason Babin at twenty seven and Chris Gamble at twenty eight. I mean, Pretty what? good. That's impossible. Say.
2: You got Chris Perry? Is that Chris Perry the last pick?
3: He was a first-rounder, but he was not number 32.
2: But he was a first-round pick. That's insane. So back then, you had to look, look at magazines. You weren't looking at the Internet, were you? It was hard to find draft stuff uh, in 2004 on the Internet.
3: I hope I wasn't reading Pete Prisco. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Clearly, you weren't. You got all these names right. But this is remarkable. If you're listening, you should go check it out on YouTube. Uh, 58 minutes in, you can see Debo's handwritten notes. Where would you find this thing, by the way?
3: Yeah, you guys thought I had a big weekend. I was just <laughs> spring cleaning in my childhood bedroom. That's all I was doing.
2: So uh Rick, Debo got sent to his room this weekend and he was going through his closet <laughs> cleaning up. <laughs> well, this is a good job, man. I'm not gonna even make fun of you for that. These are like this is like one of the best mock drafts I've ever seen. But the question becomes, Rick, like, did he really do this? Yeah, before. no.
1: I, there's a lot of question in that, and actually, if he did this, because I can see some difference in <laughs> penciling um, <laughs> in his handwriting, and how he's matured in his handwriting. Right. There's, a lot of, there's A lot of questions on this, Debo. I'm sorry to say.
2: So, Rick, 2004, you were in Miami. Yes. Who'd you guys take in 2004? Do you remember? I have to look at it real quick.
1: No. Was that my final
3: question? I had I had Rick's Dolphins taking Dante Robinson. At oh. 19, and oh. they ended up taking Vernon Carey.
2: Oh, yeah. Vernon Carey.
3: Dante Robson was good. He was a good player. Thanks for that's bringing
2: it up Rick Carey at 20. Yeah, that's him at 20. Debo knew.
1: Yeah. No, <laughs> we, that was a, uh, we were going back and forth with Minnesota between, uh, Kinechi and, uh, oh. and so we would have taken either one and, uh, So we flipped with uh, Minnesota, I believe, that year and uh, ended up with Kerry, who ended up being a pretty
2: good uh, player. If you had Debo on staff as a 12-year-old, you would have taken Dante Robinson, who had a really good career. He wasn't available then. Yeah, but Debo would have had to trade up as a 12-year-old. He knew what what was up. (laughs) All right, Rick, I'm glad you brought it up. you got to answer question five to get your free Paramount Plus subscription. You've gotten four of the picks right.
1: Halfway. Uh, Yeah. I'll give I he gave me, it's so, Daryl Hodges, not Daryl Hodges.
2: Fair enough, I'll give you that. So this is 2013, and Devo, if you want to give him whatever you think is a suitable hint for this next selection here.
3: Who comes next? Rick, he's a fifth rounder. He was pick 155.
2: Here's the thing, Devo. I think if you give him the school, he might be confused because there's another name that went to that same school.
3: I'll keep giving him some stats. I don't want to give him the school. He played until 2017. He played 69 career games. I just I I wanna we gave one school. He'll never get this. You're never getting Paramount Plus.
1: I'm never gonna get Paramount Plus. It's it's just a dream of mine. You know, everybody sets goals in the in in my golden years and my retirement years here. My goal now in life is to really work to get Paramount Plus. That's the only thing I'm looking forward
2: to. So, what if we tell you who you drafted after this player in between pick number six, your sixth pick? Who was that? Can we do that, Debo? Yeah. You took Jeff Baca, the guard. Ah no help. <laughs> UCLA, correct? He went to UCLA. I gave you a yes. hint earlier, so maybe that helped. I,
1: I know the schools. I do know the schools.
3: I just gave you a hint earlier about the schools. All right. Better luck on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Scroll up, let him see. you want to guess, I not
1: get it today. I'm sorry. I am really going to work hard to get it Thursday. I can't go the whole summer without Paramount+. Plus. Do
2: you want to make a guess just to throw one out there?
1: I, if you gave me the score, I've already lost, but give me the score. Okay, UCLA. Ooh.
2: This is a curveball. This is like a this is a trick question.
1: Was he a safety? No. UCLA. George Payton, man, did he have an influence on those <laughs> second takeouts?
2: <day guys>. He <laughs> went
1: guy, to UCLA.
2: This guy has a special teamer. Special
1: teamer. UCLA. Not a kicker or a punter. He's a punter. Punter? We drafted <laughs> a punter. <laughs> I wonder, I'm doing podcasts now.
2: (laughs) He doesn't know the name, Debo. I don't know, Jeff
1: Jeff Locke. Locke. Oh my god!
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, Debo gave gave it to you on that one. There's old Jeff.
1: All right, well, hang it with me if I can uh, get some help out there uh, for (laughs) my next challenge. Uh, I'll be interested to see Debo's very creative. What the next challenge will be on Thursday. For me yeah. to win Paramount Plus and become part of the CBS family that I'm the only one without Paramount Plus that works for CBS.
2: I think in the next question we'll have Jeff Locke actually come on and ask it. That would be that would be awesome. <laughs> all right. That's it. That's a wrap on episode 53. Remember, give us a thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube and subscribe to the podcast. And leave a five-star review. Thanks, as always, to my guy, Rick. Maybe next time on the Paramount Plus. Thanks to Devo for producing, and thanks to all you guys for watching. See you guys Thursday when we talk about our favorite Impact rookie classes for the 2023 season. See you guys in. Now, streaming
0: on Paramount Plus. Gather your besties. We are very exclusive. And get ready.
2: Mom, go make snacks. For sure, Regina.
0: For the movie that hits like a bus in a good way. No one dies. Mean Girls made it PT 13. Now, streaming on Paramount Plus.